It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Child Care Bar and Girl Podcast. Jeff Johnson here with Nicole Halton. How you doing, Nicole? Hey, Jeff. I am great. We've been, this is our third episode we recorded today. You, you, you announced in the first one that you've got to, you're, you're just wrapping up about the COVID. We haven't had too much coughing or hacking or. I feel or, like I've done pretty well, actually. Well, I think I think that's just spending time with me. It's kind of just a, a healing. I've been told I've got healing that, a healing quality about right. myself. So uh, yeah. um, I think I that's what it is. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what it is. Um, so this episode, we're we're getting into. Uh, I think this is episode number three of our of our mathematics series. Kind of uh, uh, digging into the early pre-math kind of stuff that we can be doing in our programs so the kids head off to school ready to to not only sort of survive math class but kind of thrive in it and uh, in this episode I wanted to talk about about the importance of of visual discrimination in the early learning programs as a as preparatory for for later math skills and so I pulled up a I pulled up a, a definition of visual discrimination just so uh, I mean people hear the word discrimination and they get all it's not uh, a good thing <laughs> yeah that, that becomes a that's apparently a, a bad hey baby I made you some uh, chocolate covered bacon ah see there now she knows yeah, you've won uh, her over Hey, listeners, if you don't know what that's all about, you have to listen to the previous episode that Nicole and I did get, were together in. Okay, so um, what is visual discrimination? Visual discrimination is the ability to discern differences between two different things. Um, and so you're actually, you can tell the difference between this thing and that thing. And it turns out if you're going to be successful using math skills um, or geometry or algebra or, you know, just the very basics of math or the more complex stuff, you need to be able to tell the difference between things like the difference yeah. between triangles and rectangles or the difference between the little squiggle that is a number three and the little squiggle that is a number two. And it turns out that it takes the brain a lot of, the brain's got to do a lot of work to, to, to get to a point where it can understand the difference in those, those little squiggles or, or, or that this shape is, is uh, different than that shape or that this triangle has different angles. You know, this triangle and that triangle are both triangles, but that triangle has different angles and this triangle, so that's a different kind of triangle. And all of that kind of stuff takes a lot of practice with the eyes. I just ranted for two and a half, just about three minutes, Nicole. What do you what do you think? That was that was a good rant. That was a good definition. I think it is it's one of those things that I, I think we probably take for granted 
that we can do as we get older, like that you, it's one of those things that fascinates me. There's a lot of things that fascinate me about the brain, but that ability to be able to look at, say, two different things and know that innately, instantly, that they're different and what's different about them or whatever. And I think we take that for granted as adults and it's not until we're watching children discover that and start to do that that you can see it in a different light, if you know what I mean. Like I think we just kind of accept that you can do it. And whereas I think for children it doesn't, well, it, it obviously sort of comes naturally. I don't know that it's something we really need to teach, but that we can probably support. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I wanted to mostly get into is the way to, the way to support it. And I mean, the, the basic way you support it is you give them lots of stuff to look at and interact with. Um, And and again, this isn't limited to, to math skills. This is early reading skills. You gotta, I mean, being able to tell the difference between a W and an M is, yeah. is an important part of uh, an important bit of reading a a lowercase b and a, a lowercase d it takes the uh the eyes a long time to, to get to that point because first you got to figure out to to tell the difference between bigger things um so so our brains tend to like to to start big and then and then refine uh and so differentiating between like an orange and a cat is <laughs> is, is is i mean <laughs> It, it takes a while before you can do that visual discrimination. But then have you ever met the kid that uh, looks at four, a four-legged animal and every four-legged animal they see is a, is a dog or a cat a dog. depending yeah. on whichever, whichever creature they're most familiar with? Yeah, and, or even like toddlers who every vehicle is a truck. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. It's like every vehicle is a truck because I'm more familiar with the truck and that thing is similar. Like, you know, you see, well, okay, those things have got wheels and that's got wheels. It, it must be a truck. And it's not until they sort of start to see more difference and those like smaller, more refined things that's like actually what makes that a truck as opposed to what makes that a car or a bus or, a, you know, like being able to then differentiate between multiple things that are kind of the same but different. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my, my son, when he was little, he was way into vehicles. And so when he was real little, everything was a car. And by the time he was four five, six, seven years old, he, he could look at a car from the other side of a parking lot and, and tell me what, what make and model it was. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know where, I don't know, I don't know how, because it's not something I had, I didn't have two fucks to rub together about <laughs> uh, different kinds of vehicles, but, but he cared. And so he figured it out. And then visually he could tell, okay, that's a, that's a Ford and that's a, hmm. that's a, that's a something else. And, uh, but again, and, he did that because he was interested in it. Yeah. yeah and it absolutely. wasn't that anyone sat him down and said, right, we're going to memorize what each of these looks like. I've got flashcards. Here's yeah. my flashcard for a Porsche. Now look at the details. Yes, mm-hmm. Porsche. And, you know, like I think that's where when we can harness those things that children are really interested in, you see so much growth and development because actually I'm leading this. This is something I want to know more about, not something that you're telling me I need to know and showing me flashcards for. 
And so this is this is again an, another. I mean, we always come back to loose parts. This is a this is a great job for loose parts because they're they they tend to be so varied and uh, and different. And and so part of visual discrimination is learning to to see differences and and similarities. And and so the more stuff you've got to to fiddle around with and and to touch and feel and tote and and just engage with is is opportunity to to develop these skills. And it's also that sensorial kind of connection as well, you know, being able to there's such a big difference between like, you know, showing children flashcards and what's different, you know, about the picture of the dog and the picture of the cat to actually physically having a dog in front of you and a cat in front of you. Like that's going to be a completely different experience or say being able to discriminate between two different types of flower. Um, You can do that when you've got the flowers in your hands and you can feel that the petals feel different or that they're a different colour or that they're a different shape or, you know, whatever. But you can't know that when you don't, well, you can, but it's much harder when you don't have that physical hands-on connection. Yeah, because the, the more senses we have involved when when we're engaged, the the more sticky the learning is. And so looking Absolutely. at a picture, looking at a picture of two different looking at flashcards or whatever of, of two different kinds of flowers isn't you don't you don't have the scent, you don't have the texture of the of the stems and the petals. And so it's really, really hard to tell the difference between a daisy and a rose on a on a hmm. flashcard or sorting cards or or a, a, a magazine photo. Are there still magazines? I don't know if magazines I think they still exist. Do they? Okay. Well, that's good. I, 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 I try not to sound too much like a, an out-of-date old fogey, and I, I realize I might be one. No, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure they still have magazines. Just safe for now. Can't remember the last time I saw a magazine. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the, the flower on print is not nearly as sensory rich as, as hmm. holding and engaging with two flowers. And so one of the ways we promote the, the visual discrimination is to give kids lots of stuff to get hands on with. And I guess nose on and ear on and mouth on. Mouth on. <laughs> that sounds yeah. a bit dodgy, but yeah. It's, and, but it is, it's the, that full body immersion in a thing you know it's actually being able to and even like the dog and cat example you know I watch my kids with uh, my mother-in-law has like five dogs and I don't know nine cats or something so it's like a full dog cat fest but watching my children even with the different types of dogs like she's got five different types of dogs and they're varied in size from like teeny tiny to absolutely miniature horse sized. So there's like this real variation, you know, even between the tails and, you know, differences in their ear shape and whatever. I'm watching all of my children as they've been like babies and as they've gotten older to differentiate between all the dogs. So it goes from being dog to, you know, big dog, small dog. Then it goes to this dog by name and that dog but like they start to sort of step up that level of difference because it's like yes I can recognize that those things are both dogs but they're actually also both different dogs too like it's yeah watching that that change because I'm hands-on with that and I can feel their fur and you know feel the tail whip me in the face or whatever I think that's something that you just can't get any other way yeah and 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 it gets even more refined with that I've known kids um, who, who will look, we used to have, um, at the community center I directed, we used to have, uh, have some pet rats because, um, Why not? I, I, I like rats, but, but these would be 
these these were were identical white rats and so you've got a a pink kind of scaly rat tail and you've got an all white rat body and and you have some red kind of evil looking rat eyes and you've got a, a little kind of pale pink rat nose and to i mean to me i had a hard time telling the difference between this rat and that rat but but kids absolutely knew Mm. Um, which rat was which and which rat was the one that they liked and which rat was the one that they didn't or whatever. Actually, it's funny you say that because my my kids did the same thing with chickens. My mom and dad have got chickens. And to me, like there's three chickens that they got all at the same time and they all look so alike. Two of them look so alike that my my girls call them the identicals. Um, but then there's like all these chickens that I'm like, I couldn't tell you which chicken is which, but the kids know this one's Daisy and this one's crazy and this one's mazy. And I'm like, okay, how are they different? No, well, Daisy's like wing goes a little bit funny out here. And this one has a different colored feather under its chin. And it's like, how do you know that stuff and pick that up and start to identify that? Yeah. And so that's a good example of why, well, learning visual discrimination is important it's something kids are wired from from very early ages to do and they become very adept at it at at very early ages but i think what happens with with math learning since that's what we're kind of focusing on in this series of episodes is that a lot of times programs will try to rush past this and and want kids who haven't learned to differentiate numbers or shapes uh to do those things as a way of kind of kind of performance art for for parents or grandparents or whoever and so they have two-year-olds trying to memorize you know this squiggle is a one and this squiggle is a two when when the child just physiologically and cognitively hasn't learned the the visual discrimination skills they need to to do that little bit of performance art yeah and i think like there's so many ways that you can actually do that just in the course of everyday something you know it's like those that kind of sports casting or you know like that idea of you know oh I'm going to use you know I I need a pencil I think I'll use this purple pencil or you know and I'm picking up there's a purple one and a blue one and I'm like oh I think I'll use the purple one and that's not me saying hey see this this is purple this is a purple pencil purple purple you know it's like it's just actually part of my conversation that I'll just pick, I'm going to use the purple pencil and I'll pick it up. And, or, you know, I, I, you know, maybe we should use the big cup and then I'll get the big cup rather than small cup. And so it's that modeling and conversation just, you know, it's, it doesn't need to be in your face and, you know, direct instruction, but you can model that really easily and it becomes something that's quite quick for children to pick up. Yeah, and and just having it, and and that that's that's all useful, and and beyond that, just having interesting stuff in the environment, they they're gravitated towards towards this themselves. There, our our brains are wired for sorting and classifying, and that, that yeah. visual discrimination is is kind of part of that process. And so, if you've got a lot of shells or toy cars or whatever it is, different, I mean, Lego kids just get to that age. What usually three ish 
where yeah. where they go that, that that thing where they just start naturally sorting stuff and so yeah. here's here's all my cars and here's my green cars and here's my purple cars or here's the here's the trucks and here's the cars or or they'll they'll just just out of the blue for for the hell of it start sorting all the legos by by size or shape or color yeah. and uh it's what worries me though is i think sometimes we're really quick i think as adults we forget that children actually naturally will go through that. And sometimes I feel like, I know here, I see that sometimes in services and educators will say, oh, that's a red flag. It's a red flag. There must be something wrong with them. They're organizing, they're color coding, they're, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I think they're just like exploring it. You know, I don't think you need to panic just yet. You know, this, yes, this child is lining up the cars in color order, but I don't think that's something we need to panic about. You know, I think we need to just watch that unfold and see what's going on there. It's like, actually, it's just a math skill. You know, it's just something that they're exploring and starting to pick up. It's a little bit different when you get to my brother's age and he uh, colour coordinates the fridge magnets. Um, his kids had like, you know, the alphabet fridge magnets. Yeah. Uh -huh. had them on the fridge and I can remember going there one day and they were like in lines of all the blue ones, all the yellow ones, all the red ones. And I'm like, who did that? And he said, me. I'm like, okay, no worries. So I think that's a little bit more of a red flag. Was it was his life a little bit more orderly <laughs> and in control when he had the the fridge magnets lined up like that? I think it must be, yes. He must <laughs> feel a little more in control. Well, good for him. Um, so I, I don't know how much we need more we need to need to talk about this one, but I just think it's really important that that we realize that this this process that's that's really um, I mean, it's just kind of automated in kids. It's just something yeah. that happens when they're in the environment. We're wired to to be able to tell the difference between this thing and that thing. Um, and and it, 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 it becomes a refined skill. Okay, not everything is a cat. That's a horse and that's a dog. And, and, uh, and the, the, oh, no, that's not a cat. That's an elephant. And, uh, and, and really quickly um, in those, those early years, kids, when they're just exposed to the world, are able to pick up the skill. And this is a skill that is necessary before you can move on to some of the the more refined math uh, math skills, even the even the early math skills. If you're trying to get kids to sort things because that's on your on your agenda, on your on your learning goals, um, if they're physiologically and cognitively not ready for sorting because they haven't learned to they haven't become adept at visual discrimination, they're not going to be able to perform that next thing. And so yeah. just, just realizing that this is a piece of the, of the process and it needs to happen before a lot of the other stuff happens is important, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah, agreed. I do have a quick question though. Okay. Um, this, is, this is a US specific question. How do you learn to visually discriminate between US money? Like paper money, it all seems to look the same. Well, yeah, we don't have all the festive colors that and different no. sizes that you do. Um, well, what you do is you you just practice. Um, I, and frankly, I don't know if anybody does. I mean, not. I mean, I don't know if kids will learn. They'll be they'll be using cryptocurrency. But um, well, this is true. <laughs> all of our very similar similar um, money has a different number on it for one. <laughs> But it just looks so similar. And this is just from a very outsider perspective. I see people get money out of a wallet, like uh -huh. US money out of a wallet. And it's like, 
Yep, there it is. And I think, how did you know that so quickly? What every note was? Ours are rainbow coloured. And so it's like, at a glance, I know whether I've got whatever money. And well, I, you, I, I, we I can, wonder we about can, that. We can, tell, we can tell the difference between like a five and a 10. <laughs> um, and so that helps. And there's a, there's a different... No. Each, each one of them has a different dead white guy on it. So, so, that, <laughs> so that that's comes the giveaway. Hand. Yeah. So it's so, visually discriminating between the dead white guys. Yeah. 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 And, and the numbers, the numbers are kind of a. The numbers do help. But I don't know. Like, I think, does that make it easier to pick up? Like, I wonder whether our colored currency makes it easier for kids. I was doing um, like classroom helping in my daughter's class here a few weeks ago, and they were learning about money and we had money on the table like pretend money but that they could sort out and you know work out problems with and whatever and I'm like it makes it so much easier that it's like all color-coded well like is that just lazy is it the Australian laziness coming out well here we like to do things the hard way and uh, And we like things the really easy way yeah 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 Um, I, I like your pretty money but I like our pretty money too I like our pretty money and our different shaped money, like our coins are different shapes. And yeah, like we've got that random 50 cent piece, which is like a giant octagon or something. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I've, I, hmm. I, I stole some of your no, I didn't steal it. I, I mean, I converted it. I've got I've got jars of your money here still just so just for the opportunity to sort and classify with little humans <laughs> when uh, as, as, as loose parts. <laughs> <laughs> Any more on this one before we wrap it up? No, I think that's covered it. Hey, um, hey, listeners, um, we're, we're, I mean, we don't want you to, we want you to focus on visual discrimination, but we don't want you to, uh, to auditorially discriminate away from the Child Care and Bar and Grill podcast. There's a lot of, there's a lot of podcasts out there. They all have a, a different sound, but uh, we want you to keep listening to this one. So um, I guess if you're going to auditorially discriminate, discriminate in favor of the show, I don't know yes. what the hell I'm talking yeah. about. This has been the Child Care Bar and Grill. Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.